A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the AEW Rampage and Battle of the Bills preview. <laughs> I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What oh, Culture. You're trash. To look ahead to tomorrow's AEW Rampage and the weekend's AEW Battle of the Bills. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AW Rampage, but also AW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, but oh, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to Rampage and Battle of the Belts. And it's fair to say mixed emotions about all this. I mean, we've got one on the one hand tomorrow night. We've got a bloody Texas death match for the world title. And yet, Battle of the Belts, I don't know. It's still, it's not quite got that something about it yet. Is it's that got nout about it. Okay. It's got absolutely nout about it. I understand, right, that um, the first one was cursed with uh, protocol, mm-hmm. which is the euphemism for, you know, the thing. So I could vaguely understand why that one underdelivered, but it was still like the, the world championship wasn't defended. It wasn't the two hour. It's weird because the issue that Battle of the Belts sought to address initially has kind of been resolved on its own. So I'm not that bothered about it. But that's the whole problem. Mm-hmm. I'm not that bothered about it one way or the bloody other. So the whole idea was um last year. Not this year. Jesus Christ, this year has been an absolute all-timer, apart from the women's division. Last year, virtually every single pay-per-view, as soon as it finished, all of which got, like, raves apart from Revolution, but every single pay-per-view cycle, what happened was they took ages getting everything together to make the next pay-per-view feel like a big deal. Mm -hmm. The table-setting episodes weren't that interesting, they kind of took July off before they went back on the road. Even after All Out, where you thought, that's it, Fed's dead, we're catching them on the demos, all the rest of it. And it's like, oh, God, full gear's taking ages to sort of get going mm-hmm. here. Um, so the idea was, AW should probably do more than four destination shows because there are too many consecutive weeks of dynamites where it just feels inessential. People are dipping in and out and they need to build towards more de- more destination shows. They introduced the concept of Battle of the Belts at the debut in 2022. We thought, fantastic, that's going to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. What's funny is that the problem's been solved. This period after Revolution 2022 has been exceptional. Mm-hmm. 
mostly, the Battle of the Bulbs just exists. It feels almost like a bit of a, more of a stumbling block. We're like, whenever we, you and I would sit here and talk about stuff on Dynamite or Rampage, we'd be like, well, we've got to get Battle of the Belts out of the way, and then we can start looking ahead to Double or Nothing. Because Double or Nothing's, what, a month and a half away, basically? Yeah, it's not too far away at all. And again, I've got full faith in this company. It's just I resent Battle of the Belts because I never want to feel like my time is wasted. I was sold on and by this company as premium, elusive, everything matters, wins and losses matter, the pay-per-views are going to be special, we're not going to have as many of them, um, we're not going to do house shows, it's going to be unmissable action, everything you wanted from the appointment view and experience of your youth, because it's obviously marketed to a millennial audience, yeah. in this total oversaturation era of content where WWE were doing like four-hour B-shows <laughs> and Raw's three hours and all the rest of it, this felt like just one of many complaints answered in the prospectus of AEW to fans. So for them, uh, I think what's happened is that it's been realized somewhere along the line where Warner and AEW have initially agreed on a two-hour thing. That was really going to be every single belt defended, a massive mm -hmm. B-level pay-per-view. Then they said, actually, no, we can only give you one hour on a Saturday. And they've turned around and said, well, what's the point? Yeah. And it just all feels very apathetic. It Don't want to burn through stuff. Yeah, it feels apathetic. It feels like an obligation. It feels like one show too far that the fans, no one's hyped for Battle of the Belts. No one's going, oh my God, I can't wait for Battle of the Belts. AEW barely promote Battle of the Belts. This card looks genuinely like a bad hour of a 7 out of 10 Dynamite. The bad hour of a mm. 7 out of 10 Dynamite that are usually saved by a good main event or a promo or whatever. And the fans don't care. The network only give it one hour. AEW seem to have responded by going, we're not going to take it too seriously either. Just feels like content. Mm. Well, let's dive into it then. It these next doesn't help, sorry, at all, that the two worst things on AEW television at present are both building to yeah, this. Yeah, that's a very good point. I didn't think of that. Um, we'll, we'll talk about all the title matches in due course. We'll start by looking at Rampage uh, tomorrow night. Uh, the AEW Championship being defended in a Texas death match. Uh, for a, a rematch, effectively, this has really added some some spice to this feud. Yes, I've really enjoyed everything from Revolution onwards, to be honest. I didn't really, actually, that's a lie. I didn't like the belt thievery stuff. What a waste of time that <laughs> was in retrospect. But I really liked um, Hangman's promo last week. It was like, look at me when I'm talking to you. If you watch uh, in the control center in the Road to Championship Week, Hangman Page is like a poet. Like the babyface version of Miro and his pre-tapes with like a lot yeah. of his uh, sound bites and he's selling it um, really, really well. And this isn't my take. And I wish it's one of those, you only read something and you think, God damn it, I wish I thought of that. Someone pointed out, this is great character progression and character growth that when they had... Lance Archer challenge Page to a Texas death match originally. Hangman Page went, Oh, what? <laughs> and it was like a comedy moment, like a wait, what? Like mm. record scratch. Now he's doing the challenging because he believes in himself in the genre of match. And it's just another sort of like beat in the story of and Hangman Page, like really starting to believe in himself. And I'm right in thinking Cole wasn't like a mandatory challenger. He was, you know, all of us watching and analyzing, we're going, Well, they're going to do Cole again. But it wasn't like uh, he's undeniable, for example. I'm right in thinking Paige came down and went, look, I don't think you necessarily deserve this, but I'm gonna, you're fighting me in a Texas death Yes, match. and it's worked on the other hand as well because Cole has been winning matches with Christian Cage and he won. Um, he got the fall over Jungle Boy in the mm -hmm. trios match. So he's always been kept strong 
a gout and something a Puka has to do, but it's been bastardized yeah. because of the CM Punk Roman Reigns meme. I'm really looking forward to the match itself. I don't think the outcome's in any obvious doubt, but that's what the stip's for. Yes. And the last time we had this stip, I generally think it was the smartest storytelling decision all year by any promotion to have a cold challenger that no one thought stood a chance in hell in Lance Archer. And then midway through the match, by taking away the top rope, you think, all right, it's not who's going to win, it's how could Paige possibly win without the buckshot. Um, I thought it was really smart, and I expected a certain level of intelligence um, to be replicated here. Um, Adam Cole is low-key game for some absolutely brutal punishment. <laughs> I always vividly recall um, in a Extreme Rules match, or Street Fight, or whatever the hell, against the old Alistair Black in NXT, <laughs> they did the back end of the chairs together spot, and it looked like a killer blow to his back. Like Adam Cole's game up for punishment, game up for plunder. Um, he's a very intelligent guy as well. So I expect this to be um, built, um, laid out, and executed to perfection. I think this is going to really surprise people how great it is. Yeah. The Revolution main event was fantastic. It was fantastic, but not quite as fantastic as three or four matches on that show. So it kind of didn't get the plaudits naturally that it was going to receive. I think the level of violence... I think the level of drama, like Adam Cole is like incredibly over, more so than Twitter or perhaps we give him credit for. He's incredibly over. Paige is incredibly over. They're both awesome at laying out plunder matches. And I think this is going to be a blood drenched. This has got masterpiece potential. Yeah. Genuinely, I think this is going to be way better than the level of hype suggests. Maybe some of that's on AEW for not pushing it as hard as they could on television. I will end by giving you my fantasy booking spot. I've said it on the podcast before. I should really remember that we have to do previews before being a mark. <laughs> no, I say it often because I think I'm going to forget it when we get around to the yeah. preview. So at Revolution, a great little moment that just protected Cole's finish, presumably ahead of the fact that they knew they were going to do this twice. Um, he forgot to lower the knee pad for the bone-on-bone contact for the boom, and that is what um, allowed, if you like, Hangman Page to kick out. Mm. Against Christian Cage, he did the same thing. I think this is all building towards this rematch where Cole is going to motion to do the buckshot. He's going to forget, right, that he's uh, not taking the knee pad off. He's going to take it off. The fans are going to realize, oh, he's remembered to do it, therefore he can win. He might even wrap it in barbed wire because barbed wire was a thread in the first Texas Mm -hmm. death match. Smash it against the back of Page's head, and that's going to be the big 10 Mm. rise to the feet spot, of which we'll see very few because AEW at this point have perfected the Texas death match and know that 10 counts are dull as hell. Yeah, exactly. And arguably that still technically protects Adam Cole because he can say, well, you were down for three. You're down for three, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I love that as an idea. Um, do you see, I'm just going to pitch this out of nowhere, it's just come to me because of Cole's association with, with Fish and O'Reilly. Do you see maybe this the, the final aiding of, of the Dark Order here? Because someone's presumably maybe going to be in, in, in Page's corner if the numbers game catches up to him. Or do you think it's just going to be Cole going, no, you know what, boys? Stay out of this. Well, uh, we're probably going to get some run-ins. And that was a loose thread that appears to have disappeared completely. Um, like the Jungle Boy stuff, they've, they moved, they've moved on from Red Dragon after yes. the Dynamite, of course. So maybe it is Dark's moment the Dark Order could help Page again um, because that thread was established that he didn't really sort of believe in them anymore or something like that. But Michael Hamflit um, very astutely pointed out that the second it was made implicit on AEW television that it's probably going to be CM Punk versus Hangman Page, 
double or nothing, they shot the angle where Paige was like, I don't want anything to do with you guys for a little while. Mm. And who's in the Dark Order? Yeah. Colt Cabana. So I don't know. I think the politics of having... Like, I don't think the Dark Order would have any reason to be involved in this. They weren't involved in the Archer feud. No, fair. Um, so maybe that's just a good idea of a... A good take, but a wrong take at the same time. Mm. So I don't know if there's going to be interference. I would kind of hope not. Yeah. I think that was the only spot in the Revolution main where people were like, ah, that was very unnecessary. Like, very unnecessary. Mm. So maybe they've listened to that. Uh, also on Rampage, we've got a qualifier for the Owen Hart tournament, Ruby Soho versus Robin Renegade. I remember where I saw Robin Renegade, and it was on an episode, I believe, of Rampage before losing to Britt Baker. It feels like a relatively straightforward way of getting Soho in the tournament. Would you agree? Yes, and not to be cynical. Actually, you know what? I'm going to be very cynical because <laughs> AEW's presentation and, you know, you do want to get the stopwatches out. Stopwatch wankers are complete wankers, but those matches are getting short. Those matches are feeling increasingly obligatory. Yes, they are going to do more as the tournament um, sort of unfolds, and some of Joe versus Max Casa didn't last very long at all. But I've got a sticky suspicion, Adam Wilborn, that Jungle Boy versus Kyle O'Reilly on Dynamite next week is going to go significantly longer than mm. Ruby Soho versus Robin Renegade. If I recall, um, Robin Renegade versus Dr. Britt Baker was like uh, way better than expected mm. um, undercard TV match. So I've got reasonable enough hopes that this should go well. But given that it's a three match card, and one match is going to be a, a title match involving Adam Cole. Yeah, I think this is legitimately going to go like six minutes mm. at most. Um, very predictable. I, I would like this to be a nice, sharp performance, if nothing else, because Ruby Soho, I believe, still got loads of talent. I think her run's been a total dud. I think her performances and her confidence reflect the fact that mm -hmm. people think it's a dud. I'd like this to just be a nice, loud sharp performance that can allow her to restore our confidence. I agree. Uh, and also on Friday's Rampage, we are getting the Blackpool Combat Club versus the undefeated Gun Club. 24-0, and it was revealed on Dynamite to be their record. Um, very excited to see the interactions of now Wheeler Utah being a part of this stable with, with Mox and Danielson, of course. So Billy Gunn's in this match. I can only assume so. Yeah, he's not got a third sprog, has he? Um, <laughs> so that's going to be weird. I hope he's kept to a minimum because I get it. He's massive. He's bigger than you ever thought he was, uh, He was actually. I don't want to see mocks or like too many people sell for Billy Gunn. It kind of pisses me off. Mm. Like, remember that Darby Allen match? I was going to say, is that one where he kicked out like 3.1? Yeah. Like, oh, Coffee Drop only just put me down. Kicked Darby Allen's ass quite entertainingly at times for nine minutes. Darby Allen got one coffin drop, and he kicked out 3.1. The weird fascination with his big, so, you know. I would like Wheeler Utah to get his ass kicked by him, because that makes sense in terms of the wider story, where Danielson and Mox can kind of bollock him and say, come on, we didn't let you in for anything. Show us the violence. We said this is where the work begins. This is where the work begins. God damn it, show it. And I want Wheeler Utah to kick the living out of Billy Gunn. <laughs> I like obviously, that. like... It'd be fun watching Mox and Danielson like absolutely truck the younger the, the kids, but I think they can swing some momentum in the favor of the Gun Club in the match when Billy Gunn starts to kick Wheelie Uta's ass, and then they're like on the apron just saying, "No, tag it!" Like you could attempt to tag in, and they're like, "Oh!" And they just go, "No, you don't need to tag out. You don't need to tag out. You do the hard work. Show that you're capable of the violence, and then you can kick Billy Gunn's ass." One spot for you, just as a nice like. 
Is this going to be physically impossible? No, no, no. For once, it's legitimately, this may well happen. That's very rare that me I suggest something like that. Just as a real moment of like, the three of them are now the, the, the Blackpool Combat Club, not just, you know, Mox and Danielson and their little extra. Get all the gun club in the ring, all laid out, and they all stamp on each one of them's faces at the same time. Oh, I love that. Yeah. They should book the match we've just yeah. laid out. There you go. You're welcome, TK. Yeah. Tell us telling Brian Danielson how to lay out a match <laughs> on a couple of stupid cocks. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Right, let's move on uh, to Bella the Bilts and the <sighs> women's world title match. Thunder Rosa versus Nyla Rose. We've been saying this from the beginning. On paper, good match this. Nyla Rose, always a, a brilliant former world champion, but brilliant challenger. We all kind of know that the first defense for Thunder Rosa, she's not going to lose the title. And yet, they've done the whole, ah, oh, you're a Mexican, or we're going to shove some cake in your face. So we're going to, they've been an afterthought at best. And that's, that's a real shame for me because, you know, the look at the reaction when Thunder Rosa won that title against Britt Baker. Listen to her promos, like, listen to her connection with the crowd. Like, she's so much better than the material she's been given. This, I would say, right, that this reeks of. 2019 NXT, didn't really care much about storytelling, very desperate to get matches on these shows as as a means of counter-programming, and everything felt a little bit like bereft of emotion as a result. Describing this as 2019 NXT is incredibly generous. It's his main roster, modern WWE stuff in terms of the build. I've really not liked it one bit. Um, I'd like to think they can deliver in the spot, but it is coming after Cole and Paige, which should be like a long bloodbath between very over guys. This crowd could be theoretically shattered. Nyla Rose is very underrated. I think she delivers in the spot more often than not. Um, I think Thunder Rose are firing up against a monster is great because Thunder Rose is a fantastic babyface. The very best version of this match rules. Mm. It genuinely does, but people aren't emotionally invested in the build. It's following a match that is 
going to disappoint people if it isn't excellent. Therefore, it kind of is guaranteed to be at least very, 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 very good. So I've just got a dim view on Battle of the Belts in general, and I just think that this match is going to be only good. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, like you say, I'm hoping for, for more between these two, especially because, yeah, the dynamic works quite nicely. Rod Melrose well. has gone for two months after this. Yeah. I, That's I, the sad reality. It just... He's a huge fan of Nyla Rose, and like you know, she should turn babyface. Yeah, and she's got like I don't I don't want to reduce it down to she's quite good at Twitter as well. But like she has got great patter. Yeah, even like the cake stuff, for example, we talked she about always, the dynamite review. Like, she always gets memes and shout outs for how funny she is. Like if you do that in a way that you're trying to get people to like you, like she really has no ceiling as a babyface, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe they. Insert, I mean, when I interviewed Vicky Guerrero um, over WrestleMania weekend, she was suggesting that um, Nyla could come in and just win the entire Owen Hart uh, tournament anyway. So maybe that's the direction they take her in. It it does feel though, like like we often said, a bit like with Lance Archer, they just sort of bring her in and be like, "Remember this monster," and then like, "Oh, you're not going to win," but oh, yeah, you put him, you put your, your champ in peril. Honestly, it's really no different to giving Ricochet the Intercontinental Title and saying. This guy's really good at wrestling. You should care about him now, even though we haven't. It's like it's just lazy, very, very lazy. Um, it's just impossible to take the monster seriously as a scary monster mm. when they don't care about him. So like, imagine like a monster at your door. Oh, that's scary. Imagine like a monster on your couch for two months. Like, oh, it's not very scary. Though, is it? I, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. It's the last day of the week. <laughs> Thunder Rosa retains. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Uh, we've also got the Ring of Honor world title being defended by Jonathan Gresham. Um, obviously, it we'll see we have and we will see more of this sort of integration between AEW and Ring of Honor. Um, defeated Bandido to become the undisputed Ring of Honor world champion at the Supercard of Honor. And he will face Dalton Castle, who is someone I'd never seen. I'd seen on television, but I'd never seen live in person before. And he, he really strikes me as someone who could be a big, I mean, Jonathan Gresham is incredibly talented as well, technically brilliant, uh, but it feels like maybe more of a ring of honour, uh, you know, concern long term. Dalton Castle is a, I don't want to be like, oh, look at him, but a hell of a character. He's a hell of a character. Um, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm not booking this match at all. Like, it's not as if Dalton Castle can't go, but he's not an elite worker. He's not in the world class. And I, I guess people don't know what ROH is going to be yet. But people's perception of Ring of Honor is of the work rate brand with really intricate technical wrestling. Certainly that's what Gresham brings to the table. Um, again, this just feels like, oh, what can we do for Battle of the Belts? This thing that we don't care about. Not a world title, not even a tag team title match. Like, could they not have done Red Dragon and Jurassic Express? Yeah. Instead of this. I am happy enough that they're getting the profile. Gresham in particular is an incredible yes. professional wrestler and he deserves a TV stage. But... I don't think Dalton Castle's the best opponent with which he can show off these skills. And they, I, I hate the idea. So please don't confuse what I'm about to say with the worst of Twitter. Like there were people, the whole AFI furore saying every last little bit of stuff, even if we can easily infer it, if you weren't dickhead idiots, should be explained to us, right? I'm 1 million percent not one of those people. Mm -hmm. If you need exposition spoon-fed to you constantly, watch WWE, they excel at it, <laughs> and you clearly need it. If you can't infer from CM Punk's revolution entrance that this is the guy you used to be once upon a time, Excalibur told you via exposition that this was the case. 
All that being said, if you want people to watch a title match on a network cable or cable television program, this is the first time anyone's heard of Jonathan Gresham if you don't follow Ring of Honor or the Indies. Mm. Ditto Dalton Castle. Would it have killed them? Would it have absolutely killed them to do a little one-minute character profile? Here's Dalton Castle. You'll see him on Saturday. This is what his finish is. You can build... You can How are they going to build a match to a mostly unfamiliar audience if no one knows what the finish is mm. or how they can get out of it? Just or, him torturing fools as well. They, they aired something similar at Supergod. I realize we're already at that show, obviously, but... Yeah, just him just being like, yeah, I'll just twist people into... Yeah, Gresham, you, like, the thing is, you'll get an idea of what Gresham is. He's the kind of person who can beat you in... Th- he's like a Danielson guy. He can beat you uh, in one million different ways with one million different submissions. And they look so brutally applied that people will probably bite on the stuff. But no one knows, no one knows what Dalton Castle's finish is. How is he meant to build the drama mm. of him potentially winning the title if no one knows the best means with which he can do that? His best, strongest finishing... Like moves, it's just one minute. I understand that like mm. pre-recorded stuff doesn't do well in the ratings. One minute to make people care about this match, wildly different from CM Punk coming out to AFI. But it's yeah, sh- things like this really should be done. No, I think that's a hell of a point because you know they may well chuck it on Rampage tomorrow night. But like you say, they're already tight for time on that with only three matches, but a world title Texas Death Match. You're going to give. The majority of the show almost to that, of course. It's just apathetic. I've put a Norwich title on because we're not putting the tag belts for this one-hour Saturday thing that we've lost interest in. Yeah, the finish The finish is, is particularly important when it comes to someone like Dalton Castle because he's someone who he walks through the curtain, and I knew vaguely of him. I knew about his character, but he walked through the curtain. I was like, well, I'm interested instantly on in what this guy does, and he's very flamboyant They're and all that. relying on this, you know. But, yeah, that's all well and good. But why should I buy him beating Jonathan Gresham? Yeah. Even if I don't really know a lot about like, how is he going to beat him? Yeah. How are they going to really build good the drama? Um, and I feel a bit, I feel very bad for Jonathan Gresham as well because it feels like, you know, big finish to the supercard of honor and Tony Khan saying, don't go anywhere, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, kind of like Jonathan Gresham's the part in all this that's been forgot. Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt are off, you know, the, the big main event of Dynamite. Samoa Joe's now your TV champion. It's like, and Jonathan Gresham was there and he's your ring of honor world champion. I don't, yeah, I don't really mind about that because it's very clear that Ring of Honor is going to be the B-level promotion, mm. the NXT, but at the same time, if that is the case, don't put it on national television for a show that I'm meant to care about. Mm. Uh, finally, let's talk about the Jizzy Belt, the TNT Championship, currently held by Scorpio Sky, uh, and some, Sammy Guevara is getting his rematch at Battle of the Belts. Um Look, I've said from, from day one, we, we've not been a huge fan of the interactions between not just Scorpio and Sammy, but Tay and the Men of the Year and, and uh, you know Dan Lambert and all that. And yet, when the bell rings, it's going to be really enjoyable because Sammy Guevara will do some, some bonkers stuff. Will he regain the TNT Championship, though? No, I don't think so. I think that um, Paige or Lambert will interfere or some kind of... Paige Van Zandt appearance could happen. I oh, yeah, they've neglected that for a while, haven't they? Yeah, I think Scorpio Sky retains. Um, Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti probably lose because he can't in the mixed tag. that They mentioned something about the mixed tag on Dynamite this week where it was like, what happened to that idea? So I don't know if that was them sort of acknowledging that it was going to happen and now isn't. Like Sammy Guevara said on Rampage, Less than a week ago that he didn't care about the TNT title, he just wanted revenge. 
So something must have happened with Van Zandt. Maybe, or, yeah. I don't know what the hell is going on realistically with this. All I know is, yes, the match will probably be good. I will probably be begrudgingly worked into the match yes. the strength of the work despite hating the entire storyline build. And again, it saddens me quite deeply that I'm talking about an AEW show in this sort of tone when I express this tone, this attitude, when I'm talking about a WWE product that has like, absolutely killed my investment in anything except the workers' ability to work me into a match. Mm. Do you think after this they will recognize or they already have recognized and they'll make the moves to potentially turn Tay and, and Sammy heel? Because you, we've mentioned this on multiple occasions that we're very happy for them. This is not us that saying to them, you shouldn't be enjoying your, your wonderful life together. Or even arguably, you shouldn't be posting on social media about that. You know, do whatever you do whatever you want. It's, but look at that reception that they're getting and there's they can only you cannot sell them as Baby faces, basically. It's blurry. It's very, very blurry indeed because it's his personal Twitter profile. He can do whatever he wants, but it's also a platform to promote his fictional character. It's like, it's easy. It's it's hard to park. It's not like separate art from the artist stuff. So there's like a really problematic wrestler who is like great in the ring. And it's like, oh, well, you know, should probably not sort of pay attention to their personal lives. It's like... He's just having a nice time. Forget about his Twitter. Watch what he's doing on screen. These are fictional characters. So on some level, this is a quite a nuanced discussion. But otherwise, it's on telly now, and he's facing no obstacle. He's shaking his Fitbit, and he's very, very intent on letting you know, and that's not a babyface struggle. No. It's um, going to be very interesting to see what they do with, with, it, with all parties really involved in this TNT Championship match. Yeah. Turn Sammy and... Conti heal after this, or realistically, let them have a quasi go and just shag for a month and I'll work something out. And Scorpio Sky needs to do something else with this title. It barely feels like it exists. Mm. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens next with all of this following uh, well, Rampage and Battle of the Belts. But do let us know your thoughts on both shows and your predictions on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. And if you want to know about the passion this man has for AEW, you can read all about it in his book, Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW, which is available on Amazon right now. And it's a fantastic read. Maybe something for your summer holidays. You want to read something by the pool? Oh, look at that. Let Michael Sidgwick join you at the pool. Be nice. <laughs> follow me on <laughs> Adam Wilborn. It's been a weird old week. Uh, follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. But for now, this has been the AW Rampage and Bell of the Belts preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.